Today on Locked on A's, we are talking about James Caprillion and his start against the Houston Astros on Thursday and how he's been doing this season compared to last. There's some things that we got to talk about there. Also, we're wishing a very special happy birthday to an A's legend and reliving some memories. And then we're going to be talking about the MLB draft lottery, which the A's are very firmly in right now because they're bad. They're a bad team. So we're going to talk about how the draft is going to work this offseason. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 454 of the Locked on A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we're talking about James Caprillion and comparing last season to this season and where he's faltered a little bit, which pitch is giving him some some hard times, and then we're going to be wishing a very special happy birthday to an A's legend who pitched for four seasons with the A's around the turn of the century, and then we're talking about the MLB Draft Lottery. So, very fun episode for you guys today, but before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Lockdown is your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Lockdown A's on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please join our Twitter community. Just uh, the little community tab. Go over there, type in Lockdown A's. You find us, you join, you have some fun, you pose a question, you make some friends. It's very simple and very fun and very engaging. So just go do that. Uh, that that's all there. Let's get into today's episode then. Uh, first off, I just want to give a shout out to James Caprillion for going six innings and allowing just two runs against the Astros, keeping his team in the game. That is all that you ask for from your starting pitcher on a day-to-day basis. It also been a couple of weeks since he had made his last start, so probably a little bit more fresh than he had been previously. So great job from James Caprillion in that start. And I honestly thought that Thursday's matchup, as I said in yesterday's show, uh, was going to be a little bit rough because Lance McCullers is a tough pitcher against the A's. They just can't seem to figure him out. He'll give away walks. He'll just hand them out. And the A's usually don't get to capitalize. But Dermis Garcia did have that that two-run single, so that was nice. But that was the A's offense for the night was Dermis Garcia yet again. Uh, Also, I talked about Dermis Garcia and the potential of him uh, being the A's opening day first baseman in yesterday's show, so make sure to check that one out. But, uh, yeah, McCullers was was still pretty good. He struck out a bunch of guys, and he, you know, that that was that was something. But this game was kept close because of James Caprillion matching him roughly pitch for pitch. I mean, the strikeouts weren't there, but uh, you know, he had the same results. Different way, same results. Go James Caprillion. But lately, I've been shining the spotlight on a bunch of new guys on the A's pitching staff. You know, your your Adrian Martinez's, your Adam Allers, your Zach Logs, your your whoever is throwing balls for the A's. I've been shining lights on them, but I haven't done it to James Caprillion yet. So today, I wanted to take a look at what Cap has been doing this season compared to last season. And uh, first off, he's only four innings shy of his innings total from a year ago, so the samples are nearly identical. So we don't really have to go with like, oh, well, this right here, this right there. They're basically the same. 
They're roughly, for intents and purposes, they're, they are the same, and I don't care. So we're going with that. Uh, that said, his ERA was 407 last season, and this season it sits at 470. So that sounds bad, and it's not great. Obviously, you know, you're going to look at that uh, on a year to year basis on his career page and be like, ah, he really struggled in 2022. Uh, but honestly, it's, it's six more runs that he has allowed this year. So it's, you know, a run here, a run there that they add up is really all that is. And so that stinks, but he's been mostly the same, I guess. Uh, he's also allowed three fewer homers this season, which is good. And uh, he's allowed just three more hits granted still four fewer innings, but only three more hits. So he's not getting hit around a lot more. Uh, and so all the stats are roughly similar. He's doing a fairly good job of being consistent. The big difference, though, has been his walk rate because he has issued 15 more walks in four fewer innings pitched. That's a lot more guys on base. And that has also raised his walk percentage by 3% this season, uh, up from 8.2 last season to 11.1 this season. Doesn't seem like 3% of anything is a big deal, but that's a big deal right there. In, in you know batting terms, that's a 270 hitter compared to a 300 hitter if I'm doing the math off the top of my head as I'm talking correctly. So, yeah, it's a big deal, you guys. And that 3% is a lot of extra guys on base. And I think that the problem has been that uh, he, he doesn't really have swing and miss stuff as much this season. And in particular, with, with the fastball. His slider has been pretty solid, but the fastball uh, hasn't been great. And they're, they're laying off of pitches and he's getting those walks. He's not getting as many swings and misses because Caps fastball has been more hittable this season. Last year, the league hit 250 against it, and this season they're hitting 251. So again, not a big difference, but the expected batting averages, and I know that you're going to say expected stats, those don't count. And sure, yeah, that, that actually makes sense. Yes, that doesn't matter. But the expected averages uh, are, there's a 40-point gap in between where they were last year and where they are now. And that's not great because that is the quality of contact that he's giving up. It's getting hit harder, and that's the point that I want to make. Not that, you know, he's giving up more hits on his fastball. Sure, if you want to make that point, sure, but not necessarily the case. He is getting hit harder with his fastball, and that is leading to some of the other woes, I would say. Uh, batters just aren't swinging and missing at the heater like they did last year because the whiff percentage was... 27.8 last season, and this year it is 15.1. That is a 12.7% drop in whiffs on his fastball. That is a big, big drop. It's not working for him. Uh, and that's weird because his fastball is actually a almost a full mile per hour harder this year. It, it's gone up uh, nine-tenths of a mile per hour. Uh, so that's that's an interesting development, I would say. Uh, I assume that it's not moving as much or it's become more predictable. Some Something in that realm. Uh, but his slider has been his saving grace this year because he has 37 punch-outs with the slider this year compared to 32 with the heater, even though he's thrown the fastball twice as much. Granted, maybe they're just like, oh, I'm just going to punish this, this fastball and just sit fastball, and they're getting tricked by the slider. That could be it. Or... It's actually a pretty good pitch. It's one of those two. His slider has a whiff rate or a whiff percentage of 35.5%. So it's been a very effective pitch. And on Thursday, Cap used his slider and his fastball the exact same amount 
38 were thrown of each, and he had some very solid results, as we talked about. Six innings, two earned runs against a very good offense in the Houston Astros. Granted, are the Astros playing for much right now? No. Uh, would he have had the same results doing the exact same thing if this was a playoff game? Maybe not. But he did in this game, and that's what that's all that we can bang on right now is what actually happened. And so there you go. And so this brings me to my, my closing point here. And honestly, with the injury to Sam Mould that the A's announced on Friday um, and Jared Koenig coming back up from the minor leagues to take his roster spot, I'd almost be curious if they just swap spots, if Cap and Koenig swap spots for the last couple of weeks. You know, you get Koenig an extra couple of turns in the rotation, see what he's got over there, maybe make him let him make a case to be considered in the starting rotation mix for next year heading into spring training, and then see if Cap might be better off in the bullpen because um, it, it could be that they actually wanted to see if his stuff would play up out of the bullpen and it wasn't to conserve his arm. So if that was the plan, I say, go with it again. Go go do that. Have Cap be a two, three-inning guy a couple of times the rest of the way. See what he's got. See if he plays better in the bullpen than he did as a starting rotation member. So, uh, you know, it's just some interesting thoughts on James Caprillion right there because this season hasn't been his best. Obviously, the A's haven't been at their best most of the season. So uh, you can't really fault him. But there's some some uh, tricky things in there that are giving me some pause. So I'm interested to see what happens the rest of the way with James Caprillion and how he does. But coming up on the show, we are giving a very special birthday shout out to an A's legend who played four years in the green and gold. So stay locked in, you guys. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's just games. You got week two coming up in the NFL, week three in college. I, I don't follow college football. I don't know, but go uh, Wildcats. That's it. Which one? Debatable. I know that there's a lot of Wildcats, so go Wildcats or trees, um, you know, if you're a Stanford person. Uh, Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including baseball, which is entering the home stretch. You gotta get excited about betting on baseball right now. And then you got MMA, where they punch each other in the face, and boxing, where they also punch each other in the face, and golf, where they hit balls. Um, like baseball, but Smaller and harder and not harder. I don't know. Golf's weird. Anyways, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community, pose a question in there, make some friends, have a party, go just go wild in the Twitter community. But uh, today, we are going to have some fun because I am feeling goofy. And so we are starting off 
this second segment by wishing an A's legend a very happy birthday. No, it's not Robbie Grossman, whose birthday is also September 16th, uh, because he said that the A's should move to Vegas. And no, it is not Brandon Moss, whose birthday is also today. Although, I have no ill will towards Brandon Moss whatsoever, uh, but people know him. So, today... It is Chad Harville's birthday, and we're, at Lockdown A's, we are just giving him a big birthday shout-out. Happy birthday to Chad Harville. So let's talk about the career of Chad Harville in the green and gold, just, just briefly. Let's touch on this career. Chad was drafted by the A's in the second round of the 1997 draft and pitched parts of the 1999, 2000, 2001, 2003, and 2004 seasons with the A's before being traded to the Astros for actually one of my favorite players, Kirk Sarlos. What a name. I still remember how to spell it. S-A-A-L-O-O-S. Sarlos. Uh, he's also the... Coach? Manager? I think he's working with, like, TCU right now. So, uh, shout out to Kirk Sarlos, who's a good guy. I like him. Anyways, uh, this is about Chad Harville. Uh, and in his four seasons with the A's, he went one and two in relief and tallied 41 and two-thirds innings pitched and a 562 ERA. It really felt like he pitched a lot more than that because I definitely remember the name Chad Harville. And I was like, I just scrolling through birthdays. I'm like, oh, anybody I can talk about today? And I was like, Chad friggin' Harville, yes. And then I was like, oh, he only threw 41 and two-thirds innings with the A's. That's wild. Uh, so Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Chad Harville and the one game that he got a win in for the Oakland days. And that game was on September 14th, 2003. So happy belated anniversary on that win, Chad. Two days late. I'm sorry. My bad. But uh, also, Chad's having a great... This is probably the, the best time of year for Chad Harville. He gets to relive his first win in the big leagues and also have a birthday. He's like 47 now, so he's having a great time. 47. Seems like a fun age. Anyways, uh, on September 14th, 2003, Chad Harville came in in the bottom of the sixth inning, taking the ball from John Halama. That's a name for you. And I loved that name because Halama is sounded funny when I was, I don't know, 15 or whatever. Uh, Harville recorded one out on this day in Texas. And that one out was to get Alex Rodriguez, who was playing for the Texas Rangers, to go down swinging. Not looking. He didn't fool him on anything. He got him to swing and miss. This is the 10-year, $252 million Alex Rodriguez that he got to swing and miss. That's a whiff for you right there, my friends. And that was done by none other than Chad Harville, two days before his birthday. And you knew that something special was going to happen at that point. He's like, oh, I'm going to be getting a win. But no, 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 no. He probably wasn't thinking that because at that point, the A's had been down five to three. So he was not part of the good bullpen. Uh, but in the top of the seventh inning, uh, right after he recorded that one out of Alex Rodriguez, Scott Hatterberg and Terrence Long singled to start off the inning. And then Rome, Ramon Hernandez singled, scoring Hatterberg and pushing Long to third. And then Jermaine Dye hit into a fielder's choice, bringing home Long and tying the game, leaving Dye at first base. 
the next batter, Eric Burns, walked. The batter after him, Rubio Durazo, walked. And then, with the bases loaded and the game tied at five, and Aaron Fultz on the mound for Texas, Eric Chavez came to the plate and he walked. And that is how the A's took the lead, and Chad Harville got his first major league win, his only win in the green and gold, and that is the story of how Chad Harville got his his only win with the A's, and 17,526 people were on hand to witness history, my friends. That is a story right there. That is Chad Harville experience in the green and gold. Just a bunch of walks in a row, naming some guys. What a great time. Happy birthday, Chad Harville. Coming up, we're talking about the draft lottery. Hope you guys had some fun with that because that, that was a good time to write and I enjoyed that. So let me know if you guys want me to do more birthday stuff because, hey, I will. It's a good time. Anyways, we're talking about the draft lottery here in just one sec. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far and you love birthdays of Chad Harville and, uh, you know, also uh, other guys naming other players and also Robbie Grossman, meh, and uh, Brandon Moss, yay, uh, then you should subscribe to the podcast and also give us a five-star review wherever you can you can do that. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify are the, the main two that I know of. Uh, also, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter, but today I thought that it would be a good day to go over the MLB draft lottery. I was going to start talking about the playoffs and I was like, eh, I don't feel like it. So I was like, hey, how are the A's doing? Hey, how's this draft lottery work? Because I actually am not sure. I've been raising this baby and it didn't uh, seem to matter to me yet because I figured that I could just do it later. And today it is later. Now I know how the draft lottery works. Um, I'm, I, I watch basketball casually and so I'm not Super familiar with the ins and outs of how their draft lottery works. I think that theirs goes a little bit deeper. Like, uh, it's like the first 12 picks or something like that because more teams make the playoffs, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how this one compares to the, the basketball draft lottery, but it, I got a good grasp on the, the baseball one now, so that's fun. I, I only watch basketball casually, and I, I don't follow the ins and outs like I do with baseball. But here's the explanation of the baseball draft lottery in a nutshell. Um, first off, the first six picks of the MLB draft will be part of the lottery. So only the top six picks will be picked out of a, a magician's hat. Uh, the worse your record is, the better the odds are that you get the top pick in the draft. Uh, though every team that doesn't make the postseason is eligible for the number one pick. They'll just have worse odds. So. Uh, I think that like the Orioles and the Brewers have like the best records of the teams that are, aren't in the playoffs yet, and they'd have like a 0.2% chance of getting the number one overall pick. So a less than 1% chance, but still a chance. And uh, given that the A's are primed for a, a top like three pick right now, uh, I imagine that some shenanigans are going to happen and the A's will not be picking in the top, I don't know, few picks because that's how it always happens for the A's. They're not, they're not going to give the A's a reward. They're going to, they're going to fix this somehow. They're going to try and revive, I don't know, Washington probably gets number one and then the A's get like the worst one that they can. And I'll tell you what pick that would be. Um, but so after those first six picks, after the six picks have been picked out of a hat, uh, then the rest of the draft order will be determined by the reverse winning percentage for the regular season. So 
basically if uh, six teams that like just missed the playoffs or you know were the closest to making the playoffs get those six lottery picks, those one through six picks in the MLB draft, then it'd be the two worst teams in baseball after, basically the two worst teams in baseball, Uh, the Nationals and the A's would get the next two picks. And the Nationals are worse than the A's, so they would have pick number seven, then the A's would have pick number eight. That is how that would work. But on a, on a different note here, uh, the three worst teams in baseball. So right now, that would be the A's, the Nationals, and the Tigers. They're each going to have these same chance, the same percentage chance of getting the number one overall pick in the MLB draft at 16.5% each. So that is... Those are the odds of the A's getting the number one pick overall. And then the A's, as long as they're in the top three worst teams at the end of the season, would have a 71.3% chance of getting a top five pick. So uh, not like the best compared to like last season, but also a top five pick is still good, I guess. But you could also, there's almost a 30% chance that they won't get a top five pick, which seems high, but I, it is meant to make it so that teams don't tank. So that's great, I guess. Um, I think that this is more suited for like the Tigers and the Orioles and the Astros and the Cubs and all the other teams that have like legitimately tanked and not, I know that the A's do the, the retool and rebuild kind of thing uh, very often and whatnot, but they haven't had like a top, top pick in a while. I think that they've picked top six a couple of times. Uh, thanks, Kyler Murray and AJ Puck. Um, no, no, Austin Beck and AJ Puck. doesn't matter. Anyways, um, yeah, so it doesn't, the A's don't get one of those top picks all the time. And so it feels like, ah, hey, well, that stinks. Not like the Tigers who had like three number one picks in a row. Yeah. Those teams shouldn't be doing this, but the A's, I feel like they they could use a number one pick. That'd be great. Um, They have one in the first ever MLB draft, and uh, they took Rick Monday. That's a a fact for you. There you go. Anyways, um, is this the ideal situation for the A's? Not necessarily, but, uh, you know, and and I say no because last year – if, if they, this was last year and they were having this season last year, they'd be looking at the number two overall pick, no questions asked, heading into the draft. And right now, you're looking at a 71.3% chance of having a top five pick. You don't know where it's going to land, but a top five pick overall. Granted, the percentages are higher for getting a number one, number two, or number three pick, but still top five is in the realm right there. Uh, it's also worth noting that the teams that receive revenue sharing here like the A's are only eligible for a lottery pick in two consecutive seasons. So maybe the A's are okay with, you know, three bad years in a row and then just not getting a lottery pick in one of those years, or maybe they just wouldn't be picked in the lottery regardless, uh, because it's not a guarantee that they're going to get a top six pick in the draft. Again, uh, the percentages are there, but also, Maybe they they do some funny business and, uh, you know, put a cold envelope in there and (laughs) start some conspiracies because the baseball doesn't care about the A's. But anyways, uh, this could mean that, you know, maybe the A's speed up their time frame and actually try and invest a little bit and make some proactive trades to get better on the field a little bit sooner so that they can draft, you know, number 10 overall or something like that. But they're going to be putting on a better show on the field and hopefully be a little bit more competitive. So I think that that is kind of where we are right there. But uh, last thing that I got on the draft, and that is, I I touched on it very briefly, but if 
the A's do not get one of the lottery picks, the one through six picks. Then, if the Nationals got one of the lottery picks, then the A's would get the number seven overall draft pick. And so that is one option, is that they could have number seven if they don't get a lottery pick. Or if the Nationals and the A's, the two worst teams in baseball right now, the Nationals having the worst record, uh, if neither of those teams got a lottery pick somehow, then the A's would get the number eight overall draft pick. And that is the lowest that the A's could currently draft as the second worst team in baseball. Um, obviously, if they climb above the the uh, the Tigers or the other the Pirates I think are right there too. If they climb above those teams, then they could dr- draft theoretically a little bit later in the draft because it'd be going by reverse order after pick six. But since they are the second worst team in baseball, anything after pick six is just done by reverse order right there. So the A's right now, as we as I record on Friday, September sixteenth, happy birthday, Chad Herville, um, is they, they would have the number eight overall pick at the very worst. So that is where we are. Um, you may be wondering, hey, when's this going to happen? And right now, the the idea is that it's going to happen during the winter meetings on December 6th. So we'll know when the A's are drafting, hopefully, by the, by the winter meetings on December 6th. So that is going to be fun. Hopefully it's on TV because I like getting excited about things. And uh, hey, why not? And then we could find out where the A's are going to be picking and then start having some fun with the draft after that. Uh, I'll make sure to have Lindsey Crosby have locked on MLB prospects on and be like, hey, so who could be available? Who do you think the A's should take? What's going on here? Don't don't give me pitchers. Give me position players that have high upside. That's what I want. But uh, anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown A's your first listen of the day. Now, go make Lockdown MLB your second listen because Paul Francis Sullivan, who is an MLB expert, brings passion and expertise and handsomeness and just being a, an all-around great guy uh, t- to the fore to talk about baseball, and uh, he does a great job. It's the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're available on basically any platform, on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, go listen to Sully and Locked On MLB. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow.